morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ryan. I'm the associate pastor here. Uh, and as, as Pastor John said, I did, um, Janie and I have spent the last uh, five days with our students. We took eight students to a youth camp called Generate. Uh, this is my fifth summer going uh, and using Generate as our youth camp. And I just wanted to share just a little bit with, uh, about that with you, just so you know kind of uh, what's going on with students. But so um, uh, it, it's a camp where we go and, and we play games and we, uh, and, and we bond together as a group. And, and our theme, uh, Janie, will you stand up? And turn around so everybody can see the front of the shirt. So this is the, the shirt John was talking about a minute ago. And our theme was uh, so much more. You can sit down now, babe. Um, and, and, the, and the whole idea was that um, whether it comes to God or God's love or our future or even the power of God, there is so much more um, to, to it than we typically think about or than we, that we might even realize. Um, and so from our small group Bible studies to their devos to our times of corporate worship with 450 other students, 16 different churches uh, from across Texas and Mississippi, uh, we, we got to worship and, and just be kind of encouraged and um, in a lot of ways kind of overwhelmed and, and awestruck by the power of God, the bigness of God, and all those kinds of things. Uh, it was a great week. I knew um, going into this, this, I was very much praying that this would kind of be um, a good kickstart for our student ministry, kind of get us uh, on a unified page, build some momentum, move us forward. Um, and I, I think the uh, consensus from our own students was it was exactly that. They're all shaking their heads. And so um, I will just tell you, it was great. And we've already signed up for next summer, uh, July 2023. We're, signed up. we're actually next summer, uh, we're going to go to YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park, Colorado. And I am looking for adult sponsors. So if that is of interest to you, you want to go to Colorado and be a youth camp sponsor, uh, come talk to me. Uh, but we're also, we're aiming big next year. I have to register for a number of spots. And so we took 10 total spots this summer, uh, and I have registered for 26 for next summer. Uh, and Janie was like, I, th- I don't think you registered for enough. And so we're going to pray big things that that is not enough and I have to register for more. Uh, but that was, um, that was our time together at Generate. And so, uh, because I was at youth camp, um, cl- clearly I'm preaching this morning, which is a, which is a whole thing. We got back about noon yesterday. Uh, and to the best of my ability, I tried to have a sermon written before I left. But if you remember before I left, uh, was a week of EBS. So not a lot of sermon writing happened there. And then the week before that was kids camp, which I did not go to, but my wife and two of my children went to, so I was in charge of the other two children. So uh, we're just going to, uh, we'll see how this morning goes, kind of a thing. But what I am encouraged by is that even if I have a bad prep week or I have a bad prep or I have a bad delivery, uh, that the Holy Spirit never has a bad day. Uh, And so we're going to lean into that a little bit this morning. So I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll... uh, We'll jump in together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you uh, for the chance to come together and to sit um, under the power of your word this morning, God. I believe that your word can change lives, that your word can change lives here even this morning, God, for forever. Um, and so, God, I pray you be with me. I pray you be with all those who are hearing me, both in the room and, and online. God, that you would just encourage us, that you would speak to our hearts as, as you know that we each individually need to hear it this morning. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I do also want to say uh, hello to our online family. We're glad you're joining us uh, from wherever you're watching this morning as well. Uh, Now, I'm old enough uh, to have lived through multiple um, personal style redefinitions. 
right? As I'm 35, and so over the course of 35 years, uh, my personal style has changed, thankfully. Uh, The unfortunate part is that there is photographic proof of what used to be. And so we're going to walk through a little bit of that this morning. So, uh, David, if we can show that first picture. So... um, I know what happened, right? Um, so apparently in the preschool years, I was an evangelist to the stuffed animal community. Um, so that is how it started for Ryan. Um, so uh, thankfully, there's not a lot of pictures of the uh, elementary and middle school years because that would be uncomfortable. Uh, but we'll go to the next picture. Uh, so this is uh, emblematic of uh, high school and college and, and even early adulthood, just shorts and a and a button-up shirt with, uh, with the sleeves rolled up, mostly, mostly flip-flops, a lot of hats. It's kind of what I did for a long time pre-kids. Uh, we'll go to the next one. Um, there were seasons of questionable facial hair choices, right? Uh, because I cannot grow a beard. Uh, I was going to be in our university's um, production of like an Easter pageant, and I was playing one of the disciples. We had to grow a beard, and that's the best Ryan can do. So... Um, <laughs> But I have to have one so I don't look 12. So uh, redefinition, redefinition, redefinition. And then um, now, uh, you can show that last picture, David. Um, I, would, I would charitably describe my, my, uh, my, my style now as tired dad, um, barely trying to be presentable and doesn't care that he's wearing a Mickey Mouse backpack. Like just doesn't care. I'm, the hat's going to be backwards. I'm tired and I'm here and we're, we're going to do it, right? And I bet uh, you can take that off the screen now. Uh, that's, that's painful to look at sometimes. Uh, But I bet if we were to look at pictures of your history, uh, we would see similar redefinitions, right? Where we're able, we all try to redefine things about ourselves that we don't like or that we feel aren't good or aren't cool or or, or whatever it is. But maybe you're here today and, and there are pieces of your identity that just feel broken, that just feel inadequate that you would love a redefinition of. You you would love to redefine some bit of who you are or or a piece of your identity, but you just don't know how to do it. You don't know how to get there. It doesn't seem possible. It's really easy uh, to feel like who we are right now is not enough, that we aren't good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we're not smart enough or, or strong enough. And it's easy to feel like we're not enough as a parent, not enough as a spouse or as a friend, maybe not enough as an employee. It's just really easy to feel like we're just not enough as a person, just feel broken and and empty. Uh, and, And now thankfully, we know someone who can help with this because our God is the great redefiner. The God we worship can and will redefine our very identity if we will simply trust him to do it. And so this morning I want to talk to you about how God uh, redefines our identity uh, and how that should affect our lives right now. So you can turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8. If you're using the Pew Bible in front of you, that's on page 944. And uh, I'm, um, so because I was at youth camp this week, I am like, hyped up on youth camp energy, and I know I already talk fast. So I assure you, I am doing everything in my power to slow down to be understood. So uh, please just bear with me. I am very excited. Uh, Okay, so the heart of how God redefines us 
um, can probably best be summed up in the idea of adoption. Now, adoption um, might bring up a lot of images or people or, or things to think about in your own mind. Um, maybe you are adopted. Maybe you know someone who's been adopted. But adoption is a, a really meaningful term uh, because at the, at the heart of adoption is the idea of rescue. Adoption is about giving someone a home or a family where previously they didn't have that. As we think about how God redefines us and how God redefines our identity, a a big chunk of that redefinition comes through him adopting us into his family. Uh, So in Romans 8, we're going to pick it up in verse 14, uh, and this uh, this is what it says. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now there's so much to unpack here, but we're going to start where it matters the most, and, and that is this. Um, when we get connected to God, when we have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, our identities change. Whatever you think your identity is at its most basic level, you would, if I asked you who you were, you would answer a mom. You would answer, I work here. I am so-and-so's friend. I'm this, I'm that. However you would define that, um, your, your identity goes deeper than that. And what the Bible tells us is that at the, at the core of our identity, on our own, we are, we are rebels. That is, that is the core of our identity. Uh, in, in Ephesians 2, uh, the Apostle Paul says this, starting in verse 1, about this idea. Uh, and you, meaning me and you, were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. This is who we all are. In our own power, on our own, we all start off as treasonous rebels, against the king of the universe. That is who each and every one of us start off as. Apart from God, we will always pursue our own agendas and our own glory, 100% of the time. And it's actually this very pursuit that ends up leading us to those feelings of not being enough and feeling inadequate in so many areas of our lives. Because no matter how hard we try, in our own power, it's never enough. When I try in my own power to be enough as a parent, I mess it up. When I try in my own power to be enough as a spouse, I frequently fail my wife because I end up chasing my own selfish desires. We feel so broken because on our own we are. But we worship God the redefiner. And God was not, uh, did not see fit to leave us there. And so we're going to continue reading that Ephesians 2 passage, right? So first three verses, treasonous rebels, deserving death, children of wrath. But God, 
being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Because of what Jesus did on the cross... Because of undeserved favor from the God who made everything, we can be redefined. God takes that rebel heart, that brokenness, that perpetual feeling of never being enough, and he completely reshapes it. Verse 10 of Ephesians 2 um, is echoing other parts of the New Testament that say that when we have a relationship with God through Jesus, we become something new we become something different. We become something alive. We become something worked and crafted and shaped by the very God who holds all of creation together. So at the most fundamental level, the answer to your brokenness, the way to move from feeling like you are never enough to accepting that you are enough as you are, is to have a personal relationship with with God to have that connection. Now, what I'm not saying is that that's a magic bullet that fixes all of your problems. Having a relationship with God does not instantly fix all of your identity issues and all of your brokenness and all your feelings of inadequacy. But it is the first step. If you came in this morning broken and feeling inadequate and like you need that that redefinition, the first step, the best step, is to take a step towards Jesus and starting a relationship with him. Admit that you're that rebel. Flee from that rebellion and run to the one who looked at a rebel like me and you and said, what they deserve is death. But what if I gave them something better instead? That is God, the great redefiner. This is, um, so you know, this is the primary reason we exist as a church is to connect you to the God who loves you who died for you and who has the power to completely redefine who you are. If you don't have that, or you don't know if you have that, or you're not sure, or you've got questions about what a relationship with Jesus looks like, I would just so encourage you to seek Pastor John out after the service, seek me out, um, seek anyone out in the room who you think has a relationship with Jesus and start that conversation. Uh, It is the first step. It is... Um, the, the first step in fixing the brokenness that we all feel. Uh, for some of you, this is your next step this morning, is to have a conversation about what it looks like to say yes to Jesus. And if you're, you're hesitant about that, um, man, can I just encourage you, um, if you feel like new life isn't for you, if you feel like you're too broken, too messed up, too inadequate, that this offer is not for you, Um, what I would just encourage you to do is to power through that hesitancy a little bit and seek to connect with God anyway. What the Bible says is that um, when we seek him, we will find him, right? And and sometimes even that first step has to be a step of faith. This week at camp, uh, the worship leader was teaching our students about uh, what worship through song looks like, and we talked a lot about uh, doing this when we sing, 
Now, I realize that we're Baptist, and we don't, like, we don't do a lot of this on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, but it was a room full of 400 students doing this, right? And the first night, you see a lot of students being super hesitant, like, they're all do- Keep it up like this, right? And what the worship leader, her name was Bethany, uh, said was, um, sometimes you just need to push through the hesitancy and put them up anyway and let God fill in the gap. If you don't have a connection with God, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, man, maybe just, even if you're not sure about anything, maybe just take that first step of having a conversation with somebody and let God fill in the gap this morning. It was cool. We were at camp with 400 plus teenagers and I saw a bunch of them take that first step towards God, towards making a connection with God and they met God for the first time and God redefined their entire existence in an instant, right? Connect with God through Jesus to have your identity redefined and and that redefinition doesn't just stop with new life, right? Like that's Maybe the best part of it is like new life, freedom from death, all those things. But God takes it further by then adopting us into his family. Verse 15 of Romans 8 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This is God taking rebels deserving death and not only giving them new life, but literally bringing them into his family. It's not just that we get pardoned, that we get forgiven. It's that we get to be a part of God's family, God's royal family. Like, like he takes a rebel and makes them royalty. That's a pretty powerful redefinition of your identity, that if you are in Jesus Christ, it's not just that you're pardoned, it's not just that you're forgiven, it's not just that you have new life, but you are brought into the royal family of the king of the universe. To be adopted means that any ties you had to the old life are severed entirely. The adopted child gets all the privileges, all the rights, all the responsibilities of a natural-born child, including inheritance rights, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But no matter where you come from, what your background is, what your issue is, what your brokenness is, any of that, when you come to God and you start a relationship with him through Jesus Christ— He brings you into the family, no qualifications necessary. Getting connected to God means in every way that matters, you are viewed as God's own child. That when Jesus, when God looks at you, regardless of your brokenness, regardless of your sin, regardless of your inadequacies, when he looks at you as his child, all he sees is the perfection of Jesus. He doesn't see any of that brokenness. He doesn't see any of that, the the messed up stuff. He just sees Jesus. As an adopted child, you get all the privileges and rights that God's own son, Jesus, gets. There, There is no bigger redefinition. Rebel to royalty. Rebel to son of the king. To be adopted into God's family means you're defined by God and your association with him, not anything else. You don't have to feel inadequate because the one who is perfect has given you the perfection that Jesus has. That's going to be played out as you continue to look more and more like Jesus through your life. When connected to God, we become his adopted kids. That's your identity. That's who you are at your core. So when asked, who are you? The first answer should be, 
I'm a child of God. And all that other stuff is good. Parent, spouse, employee, friend, you know, dodgeball champion, whatever it is. But child of God is first. Child of God is most important. And, and all of it really is, is secondary or, or beyond that, right? As my dad would say, icing on the cake. As God's adopted kids, the place where we belong is in his family, with his people. God has changed your identity, and the new identity belongs inside of a community of faith. That community is meant to help you embrace that new identity, to live with purpose, to have accountability, and to be encouraged when it's hard. This is also, you see it every week when you walk in, this is also a part of why we exist as a church. We don't just want to connect you to God. We want to connect you to a community of faith. If God has redefined your identity, if you've been brought into the family of God, then you're a part of the family of God. And what we would love here at First Baptist is for you to do life with this local expression of God's community. Right? That was one of the things I loved about our camp this past week. 16 different churches, and we just talked about it being one church. One church that's expressed in 16 locations. But we would love, you know, if you're here this morning, we would love for you to plug in and do life right here in this expression of God's family. And here, the best way to kind of get plugged into that, the best way to be a part of this family is in our life groups. These groups are built to do all the things we just talked about. They're built to help you navigate life, to understand your new identity better, to embrace your identity as God's kid. You can think about it kind of like uh, the relationships between siblings. If you have siblings or you have kids that have siblings, like you kind of know how this works, right? Uh, it's not always perfectly harmonious, right? It's particularly not harmonious when I'm trying to take a nap. That's really when their, their relationship is not harmonious. But the older siblings always, always, always teach the younger siblings what it means to be a part of the family, right? Our oldest have taught our youngest what it means to be a Trask. Hey, Kinsey, this is when we open presents at Christmas, right? Hey, Eleanor, when Halloween comes, this is what we do, right? It's just that all the time because as those little ones are growing up, they're learning from the older ones what it, what it looks like to be a part of our family, right? Life groups work the same way. You get, get in one of these groups and your older siblings in Christ are going to teach you and guide you and encourage you in what it looks like to be a child of God. And then one day, you're going to have younger siblings in Christ who you're going to guide and encourage and instruct in the exact same way. Life was meant to be done in community. You will grow and embrace your new identity best in the context of Christian community. And here at First Baptist, that's going to be life groups. Um, you've probably heard us talking more about life groups recently. Uh, we, we, we're not going to talk about it enough. You're going to get sick of hearing us talking about it. But, man, if you're not in a life group, you need to get in a life group. You need to be connected to the family in this way, to have a small group of people who are walking through life with you. And, and if you're not connected, um, man, like, 
when we're done here today, like when service is over, uh, if you'll meet me at the child check-in table and you're like, hey, I'm not in a life group, I will give you information on our life groups so you can go check one out next Sunday. Like, that's how serious I am. I will meet you out there in the foyer after service and I will help you get connected to a life group today. We believe in this so much. If you're not in a life group, that is where you need to be. That is where you're gonna um, understand this redefinition that has happened to you better. Now, what we also know about being in a family, though, is that uh, being in a family is not all like trips to the swimming pool and getting new puppies. Uh, my kids are like all about swimming pools and new puppies. We only have one still. It's okay. Um, but they realize like it's not all that. It's responsibility, right? It's cleaning the room. It's walking the dog. It's feeding the dog. It's doing these kinds of things, right? There are responsibilities when we're a part of a family. 16 and 17 of Romans 8 says this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. As God's adopted kids, we are blessed to be viewed by God the same way he looks at Jesus. All the rights, all the privileges that Jesus has as the Son of God are ours when God has redefined us. That's your inheritance. And a part of that inheritance is the mission that Jesus had while he was on earth. Now, when we talk about the mission of God, a lot of times we talk about the Great Commission, right? Uh, so to change it up this morning, uh, maybe we'll look at it from Matthew 22 instead, uh, which picking up in verse 35, it says this. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus' mission when he came to earth was to love God with everything he had, to love others like God would want him to love others, and then to teach us how to do that, to model for us what that looked like. This is a part of how you and I have been redefined. We are so... We've been so redefined to look like Jesus that now even Jesus' mission has become our mission. Jesus' mission to love God, love others, and teach people how to do that is our job. Every day for you as a child of God, it's to love God, to love others, and to teach other people how to do that. Teach other believers, other family members how to do that. We, you probably know where I'm going with this, we take this one pretty seriously here too at First Baptist. It's the third part of our little mission statement when you walk in. We don't just want to connect you to God. We don't just want to connect you to a community. But we also want to connect you to that inheritance. We want to connect you to a thing, to a cause, to a mission that is bigger than you. Here, that's primarily going to look like you serving in some kind of a way here. We we have serve teams that help all over the church and... uh, and we would, just, we would encourage you to, to get on those as we as a church are seeking to love our community both inside these walls and outside these walls. Um, how, how you can help us in that is by getting on one of these teams and, and joining in the work. Because the, the amazing thing is, is that each of us was created by God from birth with certain skills, certain abilities, certain temperaments. And then as we live life you add experience to the mix. And what we often think is that if those experiences, if those skills, 
that those temperaments aren't like things we're proud of, things we'd brag on necessarily, things we, we just openly tell you about, that God can't use it. But when God redefines your life, when God brings you into the family and makes you a child of God, all of that is freely able to be used by God to push forward his mission. None of it is too weird, too broken, too messed up for God to use. Whether you want to work with kids or you have musical giftings, there are all kinds of ways for you to serve as a child of God in any faith community, but specifically this faith community. And hear me when I say this, um, your specific story is needed. Your specific story is needed, and God can use it right here, right now, to push forward his mission that, we've, that we're trying to push forward here in Mont Bellevue. None of it is, is too broken for God to use. None of it is too insignificant for God to use. God can use every part of his kids to push forward his mission. Um, about seven years ago, I took a group of students to a youth camp uh, in Louisiana, and I had a mom come as a youth sponsor. And for the life of me, when she told me she wanted to go, I could not figure out why she wanted to come. Uh, typically, my experience has been um, it's, it's a particular kind of person who like, is really excited to come and do youth camp sponsoring because it's, it's, it's hard, it's long hours, you've got like, to be hype, you're going to lose your voice, like all those kinds of things. Could not figure out why she's there uh, the whole week. The last night, uh, we're in our church group time and, and our students are sharing, and uh, a young lady uh, shares with our group um, that... Um, she had been uh, assaulted by a young man that she had known. And it it was one of those moments that, like, um, I was completely unprepared for it. The room was not expecting that. So, like, you know, all the air gets sucked out of the room. And before I can even, you know, make a move to do anything, this, this mom has been sitting in a chair, has not said a word in any of these church group times. She's sitting in a chair, and she very just meekly raises her hand and says, Ryan, can I say something? I was like, yes, ma'am. And then she shares her story that includes abuse and assault, which I didn't know about. But in this moment, she is able to pray for and care for this young lady like nobody else in the room could. She showed up, and God used her story to make a huge impact in the life of another person. You've inherited Jesus' mission, and there are parts of that mission that God only wants to use your skills, your experience, your story. As a family, Jesus' mission has become our mission. God is the great redefiner. He's all about taking rebels and making them children. Taking broken, hurting, insecure us and giving us purpose and giving us the power and the ability to make an impact for him both inside these walls and, and outside them. I, I literally, the providence of God, was standing out there in the foyer, and somebody came up to me and said, like, hey, I want to tell you something about VBS. Like, All right? And, uh, and they just told me how uh, they had had this interaction with a kid, and the kid was just overwhelmed by the good memories from, and like, the impact of, like, all these adults showing up and loving on him and decorating and feeding and, and, and all those things made this massive impact in this kid's life. 
all because the people who showed up for VBS let God use their skills and their abilities and their story and their experience to make an impact in, in a young man's life. Whatever you think about who you are, however you would view your identity, I just, I'd encourage you today to make sure that God is at the foundation of that, that you let God define that identity. And if God isn't defining that identity, that you would let God redefine that identity. Because the truth is, is that every one of us uh, today has a next step to take when it comes to how God has redefined us or how God will redefine us. Uh, I told the students um, in one of our church groups times this past week that um, if we sit in here every week and and listen to God's word and and believe that God's word can do big things and, and believe that God's word is truth and then we walk out those doors and nothing changes... Like and I, I say this as the guy preaching this morning and fully understanding what that means, then you're wasting your time. That, that, that if when God's word is spoken over you and you learn something, but you don't go and apply it, you're wasting your time. And so I would just encourage you, don't waste your time. There's a next step for you. What is the next step? And let's take it. Now, for some of you, that next step is the first step. You've been spinning your wheels, beating yourself up because you feel broken and like you aren't enough like you will never measure up. And for you, the only answer, the best answer, is to run to the great redefiner. God is in the business of taking rebels, taking the broken and the insecure, and completely changing them. If you, again, if you don't know where you're at with Jesus, or, or you know for a fact that you don't have Jesus, that you don't have a relationship with God, man, today could be the day. Let today be the day. Again, find Pastor John on the way out. Find Dana, find me. Find somebody on the way out and start that conversation today. Let us introduce you to this great redefiner and let us show you what it looks like to say yes to a relationship with him. Uh, For others of you, your next step is community. Your next step is connecting to the family of God. God has redefined your identity and now it's time to dive headfirst into family life. Uh, For some, that is going to be uh, you attending our Connect 101 class. Conveniently happening immediately following worship today, right out those doors in the room to the left. It's like we planned it that way. But you need to go to that class and you need to make your connection with First Baptist official so you can jump into family life. Man, if that's you, man, we we would be so encouraged to see you at that class today. For others of you, it's gonna be getting into a life group. It's going to be you getting into a group where you can be known, where you can grow, where you can find accountability and find encouragement, and maybe even find some help embracing your identity as a child of God. No matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, we all need some help sometimes embracing the fact that we're a child of God. So again, if if you're not in a life group, I will be out in the foyer at the child check-in table. I would love to get you connected to a life group uh, so that you can, you can check that out next Sunday morning. And for the rest of you, your next step is to get in the game. Your next step is to join the mission. Our family has a mission. This faith family has a mission. Our big brother Jesus started this mission of loving God and loving others, and it's our job to carry on that work. We need you on a team serving somewhere here as a part of what we're trying to do to push that mission of Jesus forward. It could be kids. 
It could be worship. It could be as simple as you standing in that foyer and shaking hands and smiling as people come in on a Sunday morning. But whatever it is, get on a team. Find a way to serve. If you're like, well, y'all don't have anything I want to be a part of. Okay, cool. Well, then tell us a way you will serve and we'll make a team. I will not accept excuses. (laughs) Right? If you were here when we did Discover Purpose as a whole church back in October, uh, we had you fill out a card, and there were a bunch of teams on there that you could check off. Like, I'd be interested in this. Like, half of those teams are, like, aspirational. They don't technically exist. You were like, hey, maybe some people would want to do the safety thing. Right? Like, that is, is a thing. Like, it's kind of getting started next Saturday. Right? No excuses. If you're like, I don't do kids. I don't do students. Do you do grandparents? Like, like w- 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 would you serve and love on grandparents, right? Well, I, I, I don't have any musical inclinations. Well, could, cool. Can, can you push the space bar on the computer and, and, and advance the words on the, like, like, get on the team, get in the game, get on, off the science. And what I'll tell you, um, having had the last three weeks that I've had, which was kids camp, VBS, and now youth camp, we have so much fun when we serve the Lord and serve on the mission together. And when we're doing it together, the bigness of the mission of God, the scariness sometimes of the mission of God seems way less scary and way less daunting when we do it together. If you don't know even how to get started with this whole serving conversation, I would just tell you right now, pull your phone out, Text first connect to 94,000, and you're going to select option number four to say, hey, I need information on how to get on a serve team. And then John and I will reach out to you this week and be like, hey, here, here's what we've got. And if, this, if what we've got isn't what you're looking for, like, what, work with us on this. Because what I will tell you is uh, we're going to need you on the team in the fall. There, there are plans being made now for the fall and for the spring, and we're going to need every one of you serving in some, in some kind of a capacity. And so I would just encourage you to start that process today so that we can pl- get you plugged in. Uh, on our own, we will never feel good enough. We will always feel broken. We will always chase what we think will fix those feelings only to then have to chase something else. But God is the great redefiner. If we will run to him, he will redefine us from rebels into royalty his children, in his family, with his mission that is so much bigger than us. Whatever your next step is, man, I'm just, I've been praying that that you would take it today, that that today you would take whatever that next step is. So uh, what we're going to do is I've got a video that I want to show you. um, And then when the video is done, I'll come back up and I'll pray and we'll uh, we'll continue with our service. But uh, check this out for me.
It's important in these moments that I remind myself of a few things. That I preach to myself. That I remind myself who I am. That no picture or app or comment can measure my worth. Remember where your identity lies. Because of what he did on that cross, I have value. You're kidding yourself if you think that's a problem that only teenagers face. Maybe not specifically with social media and their appearance, but we all face things like that where there are moments where we feel broken, where we feel inadequate, and God is the great redefiner. He will change everything about you if you will run to him. And that is just my encouragement to you this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are the great redefiner. Lord, that in spite of our brokenness, in spite of all the things we do and, and the ways we feel, Lord, you love us. You sent your son to die for us, to bring us into the family. And so, Lord, I pray even this morning that if anyone in the room or online is not, doesn't, isn't in the family yet, they feel so broken, they feel so inadequate, Lord, they would run to you this morning, that today would be the day of their redefinition, that their identity would be changed from rebel to royalty, rebel to son or daughter of you this morning, God. And for all of us, God, if we have experienced that redefinition, God, I pray that this morning we would move forward in that new identity, God, to be a part of a faith community, to be a part of the mission that you have called us to, Lord. God, we thank you for our time together this morning. In your name we pray, amen.